The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone as we go forward with the series, The Magic of Thinking Big. I just wanted to just acknowledge the new year. Uh, 2020 had a lot of lessons, many of them hard lessons. And as we are working through some of the effects of 2020, the pandemic, and many of the things that are connected to it, and, you know, political unrest and many other things, I just want you to, you know, stay conscious, stay aware, but also focus on the good that you're seeking to experience in life. Because as you allow yourself to be blessed, you can be a blessing to others. Um, you know, so stay focused. I know this is the time where people make a lot of promises and resolutions, and many times uh, we tend to fall through and, and and fall off and not follow through, probably a better word, not follow through on them. Uh, and that's okay. Still create intentions. You can get back on the horse. You can fall off. You can get back up again, but have some goals, have some intentions, have some things you want to do. And so you can produce the results you want. My name is Galen McDowell. I'm the host of this show. Um, the, I am the executive minister and senior assistant minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, we're in the midst of this teaching this book, The Magic of Thinking Big, and I'm here to tell you this book is so appropriate for today so appropriate and i think that we have to learn how to think big to offset all of the energy that is coming our way you know so much mental noise right now and if you get caught up in the mental noise if you get caught up in the spiral of the 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 social swim in other words just everything that's going on sometimes you can forget about your own life and why it's necessary to manifest desired goals, desired visions, desired dreams. Because when it's all said and done, I want you to have a life without regret. A life where you can say, I live passionately, 
I lived according to vision. I lived according to purpose. Uh, I achieved my goals. And even when you are about to leave this plane of existence, you're still saying I'm striving to achieve even more goals. But don't let those big goals, those big dreams, those big visions, those things you always wanted to do, uh, leave here with you as Les Brown used to always say, and I'm sure he probably still says it. I haven't heard him say it in a while, but he used to say all the time in the nineties that the richest place in the world was not the, you know, Fort Knox or the diamond mines. He would say that the richest place in the world is the cemetery because that's where all of those dreams were buried with the people. And it's a metaphor, of course, but what he's saying is, the universe is waiting for you to be all you can be, to borrow an old army motto, for you to show up and say yes to life, for you to show up and say, I'm going to walk the path of my highest vision and version of myself. And to do all of those things, it is required, it is necessary that you think big, big, big. Now, thinking big is not the whole process, but if you can't start with thinking big, then it's very difficult to do anything else because the thinking makes it so. Yes, you have to have skills. Yes, you have to have talents and abilities, but there are a lot of talented, well-educated, highly experienced people who do not think big and therefore do not get desired results. What I'm seeking to do with this series, and we're now on chapter 10, is to get you into the space where you can legitimately do what you need to do to get the results you want. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, let's turn this new year into a new life, not just a new year. Let's not make this a situation where only time is passing, but time, we're utilizing time to produce the results we desire. All right, so we're teaching chapter 10, get the action habit. Get the action habit. And it starts off by saying, in, on page 212 that he says every big job whether it's operating a business high level science excuse me selling in science the military or government requires a man I'm going to say person I remember this book was written a long time ago so he's using man generically as human beings requires a man who thinks action principal executives looking for a key person demand answers to a to questions like, will he do the job? Will he follow through? Is he a self-starter? Can he get results? Or is he just a talker? All these questions have one aim, to find out if the fella is a man of action. That's key. A lot of people talk, but very few people are people of action. And what do I mean by that? It's easy to be a backseat driver, to say, I would do this if I was in the same position. But a lot of folks don't want the responsibility of managing or leading others or being responsible 
for anybody outside of themselves. When it comes to getting things done, getting things done does not always mean that you're all all the way at the execution end of getting something done. What it means is that you are cause in the matter, that you are creating the circumstances and situations to produce the results you desire. The owner of a steak restaurant may or may not be the person in the back cooking the steak, most likely not. They might have started off that way, but if it's going to be a successful business, it, a successful business means more than cooking the steak. You know, you can own a Burger King, and the, the, the owner of the Burger King, if it's going to be successful, can't be in the back uh, putting fries in the grease. So you have to cause it. What are the actions that you are taking to cause the effects that you desire? All right. Then he goes on to say, page 212, excellent ideas are not enough. An only fair idea acted on, acted upon and developed is 100% better than a terrific idea that dies because it isn't followed up. Now, this is really key. He's saying that a, a okay, decent, average idea that is executed is far superior than a great idea that's just that's never moved on, that no action is ever taken on it to produce it. So if you have big visions and no actions, then you will still end up with the same results. This is why at times, and I'm using this term in you know in a way that does not uh, reflect on a person's worth as a human being or as a spiritual being. I'm talking about talent and skill. This is why people who are sometimes have low skill, uh, limited abilities in certain areas are able to outproduce people with high skill. It's just they're in action. They'll outwork them. They'll they'll execute the idea that they have instead of saying, okay, you know, you know, I'm you know, I'm waiting to make this project perfect. And and I've I've bumped into that at times because I know what it means to have a perfectionist mindset. It's something that I work on because I believe in being excellent. But I think excellence uh is one thing. You can allow perfection to get in the way of production. Is that you? Are you the type of person that will allow perfection to get in the way of production? You know, where, it, you know, there, there are times in life where you got to do it. And it's not for me to say what those times are for you. But there are times in life where you just got to put it out there. You know, I I was telling somebody recently how uh, at times challenging it is for me to to listen to a few early sermons where I was like, man, I thought I was really good. And I was like, man, I would never use that analogy now. But then it dawned on me. That's where I was then. So it was perfect then in its own way. And what I would and 
the stories or the points that I would use now are perfect for now. We have to be very careful that we don't allow ourselves to trip up, trip ourselves up, because we're chasing the elusive perfection. You have to get in the action habit. Or as it says at the bottom of page 212, nothing comes by merely thinking about it. Now, I would wrestle with that on as a metaphysician because I do believe that mind is causative. But I get what he's trying to say with the point. Now, page 213. Think of it. Everything we have in this world, from satellites to skyscrapers to baby foods, is just an idea acted upon. An idea acted upon. Somebody had an idea and ran with it. Somebody had the idea of a belt that can hold up your pants. How many people are listening to this right now have a belt on? It's just an idea. Belts are everywhere. Obviously, uh, cell phones. How many of you all are listening to this podcast live or will listen to it later on one of the podcast apps because somebody had an idea of a phone? You know, I can remember when I was uh, a little boy, you know, growing up as a, a, you know, being born in the early 70s and having to memorize the the, the numbers, you know, there was no area codes. It was, you know, you 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 dialed on a rotary phone, and the and because of of my grandparents, or my maternal grandparents' last names were were uh, Stewart, and I would so the first three numbers of their phone on the rotary, I had to memorize this ST three because the first three uh, numbers had all you know you know all numbers have letters. And I would have to remember memorize that, and I have to do it over the rotary phone. And I could dial zero and get an operator. It was a different world. You know, there was no call waiting. You know, there was no uh, uh, switch over. You know, somebody call you, switch over. Hold on, let me get off the other line. If you call somebody that was on the phone, the phone was just busy. But somebody had an idea, and the idea of phone just kept evolving to now you can take your phone anywhere and now your phone is your computer and now your phone is your alarm clock and now your phone is your calendar and now your phone uh, t- takes care of your bank account stuff and businesses now your phone can do everything think about how many things were eliminated or diminished because of the mobile phone the current up-to-date cell phone how many things that you used to have physical, like a physical clock, uh, physical physical phones and computers. And I'm not saying you don't have a computer, but I know people who run companies from their cell phones. They don't have computers. And they're successful because the phone does everything that computer does. It's just an idea that was acted upon. That's all. That's all. An idea that was acted upon. Now, let's get to page 214. It picks up on what I was saying. It says, um, but nothing man-made or man-designed is or can be absolutely perfect. 
So to wait for the perfect set of conditions is to wait forever. To wait forever. What is it that you really desire? That you really want to produce? That you've been waiting on? The right set of circumstances to start. Just to start. You know, I know at this time of the year, a lot of people have weight goals. You know, they want to lose 20 pounds. They want to gain more muscle. They want to be more flexible. They want to take the yoga class. They want to go do, you know, the dance aerobic or Zoom class four days a week. I don't know what it is. But just start. Many people have money goals. You know, especially now out on the back end of this pandemic. What can you do? How can you start? If you have some money goals right now, I would strongly suggest, strongly, strongly suggest that you listen to my podcast. It's a series of episodes titled The Secrets, The Secret of the Millionaire Mind or Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I'm not sure if it's plural or singular, the secret of secrets, but I did it in 2018 and I give a formula even for working with money, even if you have very, very little money, just so you can start. And I wish I remembered the episode right now where I actually taught it, but it's better just to go through the whole psychology of it. But toward the end of the series, I start talking about the six jar method that's taught in the book. And it's a great way to work on getting your wealth. Matter of fact, um, I told a friend of mine about it. She went and did a workshop about it. And she said to me very point blank that it changed her life. It changed her psychology around money. But she had to take put it in action. She had to put it in action. What are you going to do? I'm going to have a class. I'm going to be teaching it for the Johnny Coleman Institute. The registration hasn't started yet. One of my roles at Christ Universal Temple, besides being executive minister and senior assistant minister, is I'm also the, the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute. And I'm going to be teaching a, a class called Open Your Mind to Prosperity, which I'm going to be teaching a classic Catherine Ponder book, which I've taught on here already. Um, you know, you know, but you know, with me, everything is fresh and new. So I want you to take a look at it because if you have some money goals, you want to develop a prosperity consciousness, you want to work with your mind, you have to do some different things. Therefore, you got to get focused on what, what's necessary to produce the results you desire. All right. So, you know, you know, so make sure you register for that class if you want to be a part of it again. It won't registration won't be available until January 8th and the class starts on January 27th. All right. Beautiful. Now let's get to it. The page page two sixteen. The test of a successful person is not an ability to eliminate all problems before they arise but to meet and work out difficulties when they do arise. We must be willing to make an intelligent compromise with perfection 
lest we wait forever before taking action. It's still good advice to cross bridges as we come to them. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't plan, that you don't create systems. What it's saying is you no one can see everything that's coming down the pike. No one can see everything that might happen. Even the best people in uh, that deal with probabilities are not always right. And if they're right about one thing a lot, then there's some other things in their lives that they're not right about a lot. You won't see everything coming down the pike. For those who are not American, that is a metaphor, an idiom that basically says what's coming your way. You won't see everything that's coming your way. You can plan and then somebody close to you goes through something financially, emotionally, physically. Uh, It can happen to you. It could, you know, uh, business trends change, real estate trends change, markets change, stock exchange. It could be many things. I don't know. What I do know is this. You have to make an intelligent compromise with perfection and go forward. And just go forward. Now, again, I'm a big believer in hustle. You know, one of the things that I that I always tell younger people, including my own child, is it's always good to have a support team, but never let your support team outwork you. Nobody should catch you working. Nobody should work harder for your goal than you. If you want to produce results, don't let the people who are supporting you, helping you, outwork you, out-hustle you. Now, work hard and smart can work. Working hard does not always mean that you're doing the sweat labor. What it does mean is you're more focused and intentional about producing the results than anybody else. You know, so if somebody's working hard to help you do something. Then you should be working harder. There's no other way to say it. Get in the action habit. Don't, you know, as people used to say when I was a little kid, don't let your good catch you looking bad. You know, be mindful. All right. Okay. Let's see here. Then he gives a couple of uh, case studies, which I think are great. He gives a case study about. Uh, why this one guy wasn't married and why this one guy was living in a home. This one guy living, you know, uh, that never got married was a person who was trying to create perfection for a wife and had, you know, all of these ridiculous rules. And eventually you have to learn that in the process of communication, you have to learn what's important to you and what's not. What are your non-negotiable, unalterable terms? And what are things that are just things you like or don't like? Like, what are your bottom lines? There are bottom lines, and then there are things that are workable. And you got to know if you're dealing with a situation where your bottom lines are being compromised, or this is something through communication that can be worked out. 
that everybody has their little ways here and there. If not, the perfection will run you away. Then he talks about a guy that moves into a new home that did not have um, the resources, but just made the decision that this is what was going to happen. And once your mind gets on something, then you start to think about how it can be produced. The moment you say, oh, that can't happen, you've turned your mind off from the possibilities. The moment he said to his wife, we're moving into a new house, you know, uh, with the modest income. Next thing you know, situation after situation after situation produced itself to where his mind was giving him the next step to be able to be in that house, be able to create more income, to be able to leverage his influence and integrity to be able to get the results he desired. What about you? Do you talk yourself out of your good before it actually starts? Just be mindful. So he gives a couple of points on page 218. I think are really great. He calls the guy J.M., Mr. and Mrs. J.M. He wrote, the resolution to take action ignited J.M.'s mind to think of ways to accomplish his goal. That's key. The resolution. Resolution is when you make a decision with conviction. J- Number two, J.M. gained tremendously in new confidence. It will be much easier for him to take action in other major situations. Because when you know you've produced the desired results, when you know when you know that you can produce or get stuff done, it helps your confidence in the future. Number three, J.M. provided his wife and child the living standard they deserved. Had he waited, postponed buying the house until conditions were perfect, there's a real possibility they would never have owned a home of their own. Again, you living your best life affects more than you. Who are the people in your life that will be impacted because you're living your best life. So it, we're about a minute out before the com, uh, before we have to go to our commercial break. So let me give my quick commercial. This Friday is our uh, Christ Universal Temple Burning Bowls service at 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook and YouTube. Tune in. This is our service where we symbolically burn up the old and embrace the new. You want to make sure that you check in and do what you need to do to tune in and and release the past that no longer works for you so you can get the results you desire. We're also having a conference on January 9th, Saturday, January 9th, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central Time with seven speakers, myself, Reverend Wells, Reverend Lola Wright, Reverend uh, Jacqueline Atkins, Reverend Shree Thompson from Upchurch in L.A., Reverend Roderick Norton. Um, the, uh, Attorney Gavin Jackson, we, we have a strong core group of speakers, and we're going to talk about how to live a better life, how you can achieve the goals and desires that you desire. So go to the website, www.cutemple.org. That's the church website. You have to register because the program is on Zoom. So make sure that you check it out. We're going to take this first this break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Practical Spirituality 
positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Let me finish my quick commercial. I was mentioning the burning, uh, the post-burning bowl conference on January 9th. Again, I want to make sure that everybody understands that if you want to watch that conference, you have to register on the website, which is cutemple.org. Also, the classes for the Johnny Coleman Institute, as I mentioned earlier, will be beginning on January 25th, and registration is also January 8th. So you can go to the cutemple.org, take a look at the classes. If it's something that you like, pay the minimal registration fee and sign up and get your blessings. Work on your own mind. Don't let 2021 get past you without your own spiritual development where you're in a systematic process of developing your own good. Also, make sure that you are watching the Christ Universal Temple Sunday service, which is online only. And currently, because of the pandemic, you can watch that service at our website, cutemple.org, on our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, or our YouTube page, which is CU Temple. That's every Sunday, 10.30 a.m. until noon Central Time. So there are ways in which you can plug in. Uh, We do Monday through Friday uh, daily inspiration for better living lessons at noon Central Time. I normally do them on Wednesdays and Fridays unless I need to switch with some people. Uh, But you will get good lessons that will help you midday or you can watch it later when you have the opportunity and get some good spiritual food that can help you get over, that'll help you process life, that'll help you manifest the good that you desire. So make sure you tune in and get all the good that you can desire. All right, let's get back to the book. All right, page 218, 218, where a guy wanted to start his own business, but, you know, bumped into some obstacles and never took action. So this is the end result points, page 219. Here are two things to do to help you avoid costly mistakes on waiting until conditions are perfect before you act. Number one, expect future obstacles and difficulties. That by itself is a game changer. Expect future obstacles and difficulties. Now, I know there will be people in the New Thought Movement say you never expect what you don't want. I get that because expectation is a form of prayer. But in this context, it is saying that you should not assume that opportunities for growth won't present themselves. You can be driving along in your car, trying to go from one place to another. You know, from time to time, flat tires happen. From time to time, something happens with a car or truck, and you have to take it in to get serviced. That's life. There are going to be times where people said said they were going to do one thing and did something else. That's life. There are going to be people who will leave, and that's life. There'll be market changes and circumstances that will 
make you have to totally recreate your game plan. And that's okay. That's life. You can't eliminate all risk. Expect future obstacles and difficulties. In other words, you're going to have to work through some stuff. Even the best made plans will sometimes need to be adjusted. So when a plane leaves, say, for instance, you're on a plane from Chicago to Los Angeles. It's just not a straight shot. The plane is adjusting itself as it flies. It has, it, It's already set the course. But in the midst of that course, the reason why it has a pilot is because it has to deal with adjustments. Okay, the air pressures change. You know, it's more windy. Uh, it's cloudy. You know, they might have to avoid a storm. Uh, you, they might have to go, you know, they may have to fly above the clouds. They might have to come in, underneath the clouds, but they're still headed to L.A. Well, you know, it's not like, okay, we the plane is taking off and all of a sudden you're 30 minutes into the flight of three hours and 45 minutes. And they're like, okay, it's a storm now, so we got to turn around. What they'll do is try to see if they can fly over it or fly around it. But they don't stop unless it's something catastrophic that makes them pause. And as soon as, the, as soon as they can, they get back in the air and get back on course to get the passengers to L.A. That's life. So even if you've had to pause, keep your mind on where you want to go. Get and stay in the action habit. Number two, meet problems and obstacles as they arise. He says the test of a successful person is not the ability to eliminate all problems before he takes action, but rather the ability to find solutions to difficulties when he encounters them. In business, in marriage, or in any other activity, cross bridges when you come to them. We can't buy an insurance policy against all problems. Again, some people are waiting for perfect before they do anything. All right. Okay. Then we get to the bottom of page 220. Ideas are important. Let's make no mistake about it. We must have ideas to create and improve anything. Success shuns the man who lacks ideas. But let's make no mistakes about this point either. Ideas in themselves are not enough. That idea for getting more business, for simplifying work procedures, is of value only when it is acted upon. Only when it is acted upon. You have to do something with those ideas, with those goals, with those visions, with those dreams. You have to act upon them. Then he wrote on page 221, every day thousands of people bury good ideas because they are afraid to act on them. And afterward, the ghosts of those ideas come back to haunt them. Oh, I love that. The ghost of those ideas. The ghost. Do you have any current ghosts? Ideas? Uh... You know, just stuff you know you were supposed to do. And now your mind is so focused on what you didn't do that it paralyzes you. Like, okay, man, I know I was supposed to do this. You know, one of the things that 
Tony Robbins always states is that happiness is determined primarily by where you think you should be in life in comparison to where it is. Where you think you should be compared to where it is. So if you think you should be further along, if you think that your circumstances should be radically better than they are, then that can affect your level of happiness. Now, I'm not saying that should be the basis of your happiness. Okay? I just want to I just want you to be mindful that if you if you're always like, "Man, I should be I should have way more money than this. I should have way more success. I should have way more career achievement. I should be living in this type of house and driving these type of cars and donating to these type of charities and, you know, you know, you know, jumping out of planes and and living an adventurous life or whatever it is that you think is your best version of you. If you if your life is radically different from where you think it is, you have two choices. You can wallow in what wasn't done, or you can do what you can do now. Okay, I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to be a 65-year-old playing in the NFL. But what can you do? What are your dreams now? What can you do? What can you produce? What can you discover and uncover about yourself? What can you learn? Who can you help? What can you do now? I get that there are some things you can't go back and necessarily completely fix or fix it all. Sometimes part of growth is acceptance. Okay. It is what it is. I love the quote by Gerald Jampolsky where he wrote, forgiveness means giving up all hopes for a better past. I love that quote. I think it's one of the best quotes I've ever read. Because sometimes that just means you just have to just accept that it is what it is and that you move forward and release and go forward. Now, forgive yourself for what you didn't do. What can you do now? What can you do now? Forgive yourself. Okay. I messed that up. Okay, I screwed that up. Okay, I didn't follow through on that. Okay, I didn't produce that and I said I did. Okay, I broke my word. I didn't follow through. Uh, I'm not in integrity with myself. What can I do now? What can I do now? And then do it. Moving on. Page 221. Put these two thoughts deep in your mind. First, give your ideas value by acting on them. Regardless of how good the idea, unless you do something with it, you gain nothing. Second, act on your ideas and gain mind tranquility. In other words, when you act on your ideas, you're actually creating mental peace because when you have too many, when you, too many, uh, to use the metaphor, pots on the stove, Sometimes you're distracted and every, you might not be able to handle everything. You have to get some completion with things. Okay, I, I, I want to execute this idea and you take it through completion. And then if you set it up right, you can bring an idea to completion and then 
build the systems around it so you can put your mental energy on something else and then something else and then something else. But if you have a lot of loose parts and nothing is complete and there's no follow through, real follow through on a lot of different projects, you will create mental stress. You will create your own anxiety. You will create your own frustration because you have too many things open and no closure on different things. Some people have 8 million projects that are giving them no results instead of laser beaming on what it is that you're seeking to do. And I was talking to one of my uh, uh, little cousins and he was mentioning to me, I talked to him a lot about martial arts because that's one of my other loves. And, you know, he has a black belt in a couple of different systems and he's past the stage now where he really wants to do anything that doesn't really improve his fighting ability. Not that he's not out there trying to fight. He just wants to really be good in a particular thing. So he's streamlining everything he does because he has an idea in his mind. He's like, okay, I went and learned all these different things from all these people. Now this is what I want to produce out of it. And I was like, go for it. You know, like the style is not more important than the person. Hear me. The style is not more important than the person. What we do is we get caught up in styles. This is how I have to show up. The, the, the culture is not more important than the person. The religion is not more important than the person. It doesn't make a difference what it is. You can substitute it for anything. What is it that you're seeking to get out of the experience? So he went and learned what he needed to learn from these martial art masters to produce the results he desired, not to produce just the results they desired. Only thing he had to do was meet that expectation to get the rank. Now that he has the rank, he doesn't care about that because the rank was only a means to an end. It wasn't the end. What's your what's what's your end goal when it comes to different things? What can you do now? Back to the book. Page 221. And he wrote it better than than I've probably ever read this concept. A good idea if not acted upon, produces terrible psychological pain. Oh, wow. A good idea, if not acted upon, produces terrible psychological pain. When you don't follow through on what you know you need to do, it is painful. It's painful to see other people executing your ideas or ideas that you know you had. It's painful to see people who have less skill, talent, and uh, and experience produce results well beyond yours. It's painful not to follow through. Then he wrote, but a good idea acted upon brings enormous, enormous mental satisfaction. There's something about saying, ah, I accomplished it. I got the results I desired. This is why uh, I love sports because one of the things about sports is players 
are playing for the championship. And you know the difference between players that are out there playing, playing strictly for the dollar. And I'm not saying they shouldn't get paid. You know, I believe the labor is worthy of his or her pay. But the truly great players and focused players are playing for the championship. Because they know that that's what validates their career. I can remember, you know, Michael Jordan wanting to make sure he had six, at least six championships. He wanted more than that, actually. He's still salty that he doesn't have like eight or nine. Um, but he wanted more championships than Magic Johnson because Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were the standards of the NBA when he joined them. So he said, I have to have more championships than Larry Bird. That mattered to him. Now you can say, well, that's competition. And what does that have to do with anything? Well, that was his goal. He's like, if I'm going to be considered the best, I have to be better than the person who was the best when I got in the league. And the two best players were Burden, Burden and Magic. That was his standard. So when Kobe came in, his standard was Jordan. If you watch the old games with Jordan and Kobe played when Kobe was like 18, 19 years old, Kobe would go at Jordan. When Jordan retired and came back with the Wizards, he was a shell of his former self, but still the best 40-year-old player ever. Kobe would go for him because Jordan was the standard. When LeBron said a few years ago that he was chasing the ghosts from Chicago, everybody knew what that meant. That if he wants to be considered the best player of all time, he has to minimally match the accomplishments of Jordan when it comes to the championships. Then we can talk about the other stuff. So LeBron, who might be, in my opinion, the most physically gifted basketball player who's ever lived, I still think Jordan is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. But I, I'm a, as a fan, I have to acknowledge I've never seen anything like LeBron physically. That fast, that big, that strong, that skilled. It's amazing to me. His his goal is to surpass Jordan. And do everything he can to produce that result. That takes focus. Do you have to realize how much effort it takes? Not just talent, because it's a lot of talented people in sports. To say, my goal is to be the best ever in what I do. Now, even if you don't accomplish that goal, what type of rare air does that put you in? I remember, you know, when uh, I, I was for, first ordained, and even before then, I used to tell uh, Reverend Coleman that I was going to be the best New Thoughts uh, minister, speaker in the world. And, you know, she would just look at me. And I was like, I was like, no, I was like, Johnny, I'm not going to let anybody outwork me. I'm going to read more than anybody in your team. I should tell her, I said, you know, you might have people who have more skill than me, potentially. They might be more talented, but then they're going to outwork me. I'm going to outstudy, outread, outprepare everybody. I was letting her know, I do this. I'm not playing around with the opportunity that you've presented to me and my hard work has earned. It wasn't just presented. My hard work had earned. 
be mindful. You got to get in the action habit. So what are you going to be known for? So your actions let people know what you're known for. In my circle, I'm known as the person who has the information. I'm, a, I'm the resource person. I know the information. What book you should I be reading? What should I be studying about this? Uh, what do you know about this? I'm that person who knows his stuff. What are you known for? I'm the person who people have a high expectation that, that when I open my mouth, I know what I'm talking about and I can bring it. What are you known for? And again, this isn't bragging. This is saying that I work really hard to put myself in a position to where that's a conversation a about me or around me because your efforts are going to show up as a conversation around you one way or another and your work speaks for you one way or another point blank all right let me we only got about five minutes left and i had all this extra stuff i was supposed to teach lord 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 okay let me just jump Okay, let me, um, I'm jumping over to page 225. The author wrote, the point is clear. People who get things done in this world don't wait for the spirit to move them. They move the spirit. You know, I know it's easier to just say, you know what, I, I just have to wait until I feel right, feel like it, whatever. And this sometimes is difficult especially as a minister. I've had times where I, I just didn't feel the sermon was coming out of me. I, you know, I prayed, I've read the books, got my, read the scriptural references and, and the scripture just wasn't coming. And I'll just, at, then at that point, I'm just in front of the computer looking or with a pen in my and pad and I just start writing down ideas. Sometimes I just literally get in front of the computer or uh, my trusted uh, iPad Pro with my keyboard and I just start typing because I'm like you know what okay God I didn't wait it long enough so I know it's not God it's some level of blockage in me so I'm just going to type until something comes out no notes no whatever not looking at anything I'm just going to type and allow the thoughts to come out and the next thing you know I have a marvelous sermon You can't wait for the spirit to move you. You got to move the spirit. All right. He wrote an action step on how to handle these type of things. Page 225. Do this today. Pick one thing you like to do least. Then without letting yourself deliberate on or dread the task, do it. That's the most efficient way to handle chores. Number two. Next, use the mechanical way to create ideas, map out plans, solve, and do other work that requires top mental performance. Rather than wait for the spirit to move you, sit down and move your spirit. All right, page 226. Now is the magic word of success. Tomorrow, next week, later, sometimes, someday, often are not synonyms for the failure word. Excuse me, are as... Let me restate this over again. For whatever reason, I'm tripping over words today. Now is the magic word of success. 
tomorrow, next week, later, sometime, someday, often as not, are synonyms for the failure word never. Lots of good dreams never come true because we'll say, I'll start someday, when we should say, I'll start now, right now. This is one of the hard lessons that we have to learn that the misuse of time will mess up your money, will mess up your success, will mess up your relationships, will mess up your career achievement, will mess up your educational goals, will mess up your dreams. Just because you put it in, you put your goal in a indifferent space, in an in Indifferent means I'll get to that. I'll do it later. I'll whatever. Okay. Now. Now, that doesn't mean, okay, just stop doing it, what you're doing and start doing it now. But you can write down, at 8 p.m. tonight, I'm doing blah, 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 blah. And then when 8 p.m. shows up, you do it. That's now. Because you took action to put it on your calendar. Go right in your phone or your physical calendar and say, okay, let me start doing these things. I put things in my Google Calendar, like almost everything. You know, if it doesn't exist in my calendar at this point, I was like, does it exist? Because that's the only way to get things done. You have to sit down. It's like, okay, let me stop and take action. And then you, when you start procrastinating, start thinking about, I'll deal with that later. I'll handle that later. Now, you got to get to the point of now. 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 Get in the action habit of now. Stop putting it off when you know you need to do it. If you have to speak up, speak up now. If you need to have that conversation, have that conversation now. If you need to take that action, do it now. If you need to leave, do it now. If you need to go, do it now. Stop playing around with it. Do it now. So next week, we're going to study how to turn defeat into victory. How to Turn Defeat into Victory. So make sure you're reading the book, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.